0: welcome to the expat cast i'm your host nicole and i'm going to use this intro to give a little surprise advertisement for today's guest Gio. you'll hear in the episode amongst other things us talking about how to make friends in germany when you're new especially in a new city etc when you're still learning the language and after we've finished recording we actually just kept talking for a while (laughs) because Gio's super cool and we really hit it off and uh, one of the things we were talking about was this very topic of friendship and I've been really lucky in Freiburg to have developed a really good friend group in the last couple months but it wasn't that way about a year ago. (laughs) I'd made a couple friends but they all moved away and I had to start from scratch and I felt really unsure about how to go about this. And one of the things I did when I noticed that my friends were all moving away and I was kind of alone again, I decided to declare myself on the friends market. (laughs) And it was goofy to say that, but it also kind of broke the ice a little bit because I would literally just say that to people. Like if I was talking to someone that I knew, but we weren't really at the point where we were hanging out, but I thought they were cool, I'd be like, hey, look, I'm on the friends market. So if you want to be friends, we can do that. And it worked kind of. Just putting yourself out there so blatantly and nerdily? Is that a thing? Yeah, (laughs) it worked for me. So, Gio is also on the Friends Market, and I feel like I know a good amount of expats over there in Nuremberg where she's living, so I just wanted to shout that out. Anyone who's in Nuremberg or the area who's also on the Friends Market, go ahead and reach out to Gio. As you'll hear in this episode, she's a really cool gal, so... There it is, there's your little advertisement. (laughs) So with that, I will hand it on over to Gio herself. (laughs) Here it is.
1: I'm Giovanna. I'm from California, specifically Orange County uh, in Southern California. And I am living in in Fjord, Germany, with my boyfriend uh, since last year in October. So I've just been here almost nine months now, I think.
0: I was thinking about this when I thought about talking to you. It's like, okay, so you moved from one of the most sought after areas in America to one of the most sought after areas in Germany.
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Things you do for love. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So do you want to tell us how this all happened?
1: So actually, tomorrow is my three-year anniversary with my boyfriend. Um, yeah. <laughs> we met in California when he was at the beginning of his internship um, for engineering. So basically, we met at a bar <laughs> and basically kind of right at the beginning of his internship we started talking and he didn't really meet any other Americans so I feel like <laughs> kind of lucky <laughs> snatched him up right away <laughs> and he left right around September of that year and um, we kind of got more serious right around June it, we just decided like okay let's see how we go with long distance and see if he can come to Germany in December. So. I kind of met his parents in in summer, and everything went well, so everything sort of kicked off really well, and in December, I went to Hanover for four months. I was in the middle of my master's program, so I just decided to do online classes for one semester and lived in Hanover with him uh, for, like, my first experience, actually, in Germany was at that time. How long ago was that, the four months? So, that was about three years ago, like, uh, 2016,
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow, so then you had a long time of or, long distance or between. No,
1: yeah, end of 2016,
0: so 2017 basically yeah. <laughs> yeah, and did you always yeah. know that you were going to close the distance by you coming to Germany?
1: No, I didn't really know, so basically he he wasn't sure if he'd go back, he really had to go back to kind of finish his bachelor's at the time he was still doing his bachelor's and then he kind of went back just to finish his bachelor's um, and I think he finished around mid-2017 and then he was going to go right into Master's, so he wasn't really planning on coming back till maybe after his master's, so that was kind of why we said, okay. I definitely have to see your country to decide if I, if I like Germany, if I like German culture, because I might have to live there. And I did consider, I said, let's see how it goes and, and I'll consider moving there, um, depending on how it goes with my master's and my job and things like that. And so basically, I really wanted to change. It was kind of perfect timing for me to move with him last year in October because he got an internship for his master's at Siemens so that's here in, in Bavaria and southern Germany and um, I was just really excited because we were like okay it's an opportunity for us to live in a new city together so we're both sort of new here which is really interesting you know of course we both will want to move to California eventually because it is so nice but I think the price difference is pretty high and the fact that you know I I also really want to learn German I think it's important that I live here so that I can get accustomed to the language um, eventually hopefully (laughs) I'm at B2 right now so I'm hoping to get a little bit up to like fluent like C1 level by the end of the year that's already
0: pretty darn good for being studying at that amount of time yeah (laughs) I basically studied it as soon as like I guess at the like we met in
1: 2016 and I kind of took a German class like just before I went to Hanover to live with him so I took like A1 the most basic level and it did not help at all <laughs> like I thought oh I'm good I got some some words under my belt No, nope. nope. I still had a lot of social anxiety like as soon as I got to Germany I was just like I'm not going outside it's also really cold <laughs> I had never had a winter like that before being a California girl so oh, didn't so really true. go to the snow very often so it was how different how did you
0: um how did you handle that so did did he like in bring you into his group of friends when you got there? Yeah that was really nice actually
1: because I didn't think people would speak English and I got to meet a lot of his friends that were speaking English with me and um, I'm still friends with a lot of them today so it makes it kind of difficult that we move to the south actually because I thought coming into Germany I might have a a good friend group like established already with the few friends that I met in Hanover but it's still quite a, a big distance for them to come here for me to go there it's it's about three hours I think by train and then five hours by car and we don't have a car so we can't really just go there whenever
0: <laughs> so my boyfriend and I did the same thing we moved to a new city together so that we are both kind of new and in many ways I think for the relationship and for that whole aspect it's really helpful in that you're not just forced to like only take on his world like you're kind of building your own thing together but I can totally see how that's hard as a as you and you having friends, you know, you have to start from scratch in a place you don't really know, with culture you don't totally understand, and a language you're not fluent in. How have you handled it? What have you tried? What's worked? (laughs) Yeah, my struggle has also
1: been that I didn't really find a job yet. I kind of came into Germany, sort of decided, okay, I think I should continue with learning the language, because I'm not as familiar with it yet. I Came in at around B1 level, so that was the course that I decided to take. I researched a few language schools and decided on Primus, which is in Nuremberg. And that's kind of where I ended up finding my mini-job, where I'm doing their social media and everything now. So it's pretty cool. But I guess that's where I I met a lot of people and made the most of my friends that I have now. Because it was just really difficult talking to people on the street. I think that's something like culturally a lot different than California. Because in California we're, we're super friendly, but it can also be interpreted as fake. Whereas here, if people really like you, this this is actually what I heard from a woman at the bank when I when I was comparing the, the culture. She was like, "Yeah, but if we really like you, we're really honest about it. Like we're being genuine. So if we if we compliment you or we say something like we're being genuine. Whereas in America, you guys are just like, oh, we like everyone. And I was like, yeah. guess that's kind of true I mean we don't we're just used to like customer service like you you have to be friendly and all of that so I guess here it's been like I try to talk to people on the train or on the street but they're always like why are you talking to me or kind of weirded out and so it's made me a little bit turned off from trying to reach out to people so that's why it's been so hard to make friends to be honest because I feel like in California I can just like at the gym I'll be like oh that's a cool bag or like I love your pants where'd you get them and then you know have a conversation but here both the language and the culture have been a barrier for me with reaching out to people because people seemed a little bit like I don't know I don't I don't want to invoke the stereotype of like being colder and the colder Germans, but it is a little bit true culturally that it's a little um, different than in California, for sure, that people just kind of that you have to find a different way to approach them, I guess, which I still haven't figured out. But I, I've used I've actually used an app called Bumble, which is like, you know, you can do, use it for dating or for friends. And it's worked a little too well. Like, I have way too many messages now. Really? (laughs) How can I arrange these girls to meet with them for coffee? (sighs) And then the other thing is um, Facebook groups. That's something that's helped me a lot. It helped me in Hanover. Not so much as here. I think in Nuremberg, maybe there's just more people that are on it. But I've met a lot of people through this Facebook group of Noi and Nuremberg, like new and Nuremberg. And the same thing was for Hanover, like Noi and Hanover. So that kind of helps just searching that and then adding yourself to the group and seeing if you can tag along on events or things like that and sort of interact with people. But also, like, wanting to meet people who speak German has been hard because, you know, a lot of these people who are new are are foreigners like myself. So maybe they speak English mostly, but I really want to practice my German. (laughs)
0: I've been trying to sort of meet people that speak German. I actually wanted to delete my Facebook a couple months back, but then I remembered here that it's such a tool to find resources through Facebook groups as well as friends and I have made a couple friends through that and I'm never I'm a little more timid on stuff like that or a little bit more introverted and so I was never the person being like hey I'm gonna go get coffee anyone want to meet up I never really had the guts to put myself out there in that way but I was willing to respond when other people did so that was kind of my workaround to stay sort of in my comfort zone but still reach out
1: that definitely helps I mean you just have to I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned as an expat is you have to push yourself to try to reach out to people you really have to just get over yourself and your culture whatever you're used to just be like okay I don't care I might not even see this person again so and and I don't nobody knows me here anyway so you might as well just try like (laughs) you don't have anything to lose anymore because you're just new and you're on an adventure sort of thing you just have to think of it like that
0: That's so true. I actually have been reflecting a lot recently about how I think one of the greatest but also biggest challenges of living abroad for me has been you have to be brave in a lot of ways that I'm not necessarily wanting to be at all times like sometimes my reaction is like no I want to just stay home and kind of protect myself a little bit right now and give myself the space I need to recover but sometimes in situations like trying to get your paperwork through or trying to like adjust to a new situation like at work or in a language school or whatever like you have to push through your discomfort because you have no other choice For sure. Yeah, I know for me in the moment, it does not feel like strength. It does not feel like bravery. But when I'm a couple months removed from it and I look back, I'm like, no, that was. That was bravery. That was strength. And then in that process, I'm learning like, oh, okay, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not going to love it right then, but Mm -hmm. I will be able to do it. And it's making me a little bit less afraid, which is nice.
1: That's one of the things my friend mentioned is like celebrate all the small things that you do, because um, especially with anxiety, because I do have um, anxiety, it just helps to just celebrate small things you did. Like, oh, I went to the grocery store, which is... Literally downstairs from my apartment. It's not a. It's not very far, but I went there. I tried to speak German and I tried to buy something, and that's just kind of something to celebrate. Each time I do it, I need to be thankful because I tried, and you know it is really difficult to try to get out of your comfort zone, especially with the language school like you mentioned. Like uh, the first day of my B1 class, I thought it was the hardest thing ever. I basically in America I had taken two German classes, and my professor would always speak in English and German. So it was like, okay, at least there's some room here to understand. But no, my teacher the first day spoke all in German, all these words I don't understand. I looked around the room and everyone seemed okay. And I was like, I'm in the wrong class here. I started crying. Like, oh, no. I just had to go out and I, I went in the hallway and called my mom and I was crying. <laughs> I was like... I can't do this. This is way too hard of a language. (laughs) I can't handle this. But then I made my first friend there who is from Mexico and he was like comforting me. He was like, don't worry. We're all on the same page as you. Like we're all really don't understand what the heck he just said. And we're, we're just all new to this. Like we're going to get through it. But later our teacher was like, yeah, it's supposed to be hard. Like you have to challenge yourself. You have to immerse yourself in the language and really just try. And it's tough, but it's like fitting something in your head that doesn't want to go in there. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of how I felt like, but you just have to keep trying and, and not beat yourself up about it. That's one of the things that I've I've written about um, for my language schools blog is like, as adults, we beat ourselves up about not being perfect all the time because we feel like, oh, you're an adult. Why don't you know how to do it? Like you're old enough to do this. But let that go. <laughs> Pretend you're a kid again and just say, look, I'm here. I'm new. I'm trying.
0: That's all. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist slash I'm used to being really good at a lot of Things. Like, not that I'm spectacular at anything, but I'm really competent generally. And then I'm here and I'm like, I'm not competent in anything ever. I And I, I hadn't faced real failure before. I hadn't faced being wrong in a million ways every single day. And oh man, I... God bless my boyfriend for putting up with it. Cause I would come home and be like so upset about these things that he's like, yeah, that's so normal. Like, why are you freaking out? Like, Cause it wasn't this way yeah. before and I'm not used to being so bad at everything. Like I can't ride a train correctly. Like what the heck? Oh, I've taken the wrong train
1: way too many times. Yeah. Like I ended up going 30 <laughs> minutes the other way. And I'm like, I don't even have a ticket for this one. What right. am I going to do? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Did you, did you guys um, speak German or English when you moved over there at oh,
0: home? Always English. Always. Unless I had really? a big event or job interview coming up, then we would try to switch to German. But for us, I was working partially in German and then fully in a in a German city, right? Like so. I think the language barrier was one thing, but the cultural adjustment was just a lot for me. And so the first really honestly, year we were together here in Germany, I was way too overwhelmed every day. And I was like, the last thing I want to do is come home and force myself to speak German. And I would try to sometimes, and then it would end with me crying in a corner. And I was like, okay, so maybe we don't do this anymore. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. now it's a little bit more, we can mix it up. And if we're, if we have friends or something over that are German that can, you know, switch, it's totally fine. But it took until I was at sort of like a C1 level of German and a year of living here before I felt comfortable. What, what about you guys? Yeah.
1: yeah, we speak mostly English uh, since I moved here. We tried, we tried to have like a rule like, okay, before 10 o'clock or something or before eight o'clock, we'll, we'll speak German, but it's so hard for him to because he works. And so he comes back from work and he's just really tired and yeah. to try to, be patient with my German or be my dictionary.
0: It's kind of hard Well, (laughs) to translate. Talk about your days together, right? And if your language is limiting what you're able to say, then you're like, okay, well, I would rather know how you're doing and what you were up to today than I would force you to... Practice. You know what I mean. Like the relationship, kind of yeah, in some ways, needs hard. to come first at some moments.
1: It kind of helps the relationship too, in some ways, because it adds a little like dimension of like, oh, now it's this new language we can talk in together. Like <laughs> that was one of the coolest things about um, going to visit California recently. We just went there for my brother's graduation, and it was so cool because I finally speak enough German for us to kind of talk about people <laughs> or talk about <laughs> things without people understanding. Yes. I know it's bad, but it's one of the perks of a foreign language when you're you know back in the because not everyone speaks German with Spanish it's different because a lot of people speak Spanish in California but so yeah we were there and I was like oh I can say something that I'm yes. thinking when I'm grumpy like I can just <laughs> say something and
0: nobody will know
1: yeah <laughs> so it's really funny we spoke a lot more
0: German there than here <laughs> I, lo- I know it's so rude when other people are around but I do the same thing and honestly for me I'm like yeah maybe it is not the most polite thing but I've worked so hard to learn this language that I feel fully wonderful using it as a secret code (laughs) exactly it's not just like being rude either it's
1: not like talking about people it's also like I feel tired for example and I don't want my mom to know like I'm kind of over this like I'll just talk to my boyfriend would be like, okay, I'm over this, or let's go over here, or, let's go, let's go yeah. outside for a second, like, <laughs> I need a break from this event, like, something like that, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And also, um, my grandma was actually visiting from Chile, so just kind of seeing my boyfriend get to see me speak in Spanish most of the time, because she doesn't speak English. Um, And being their translator, it was really cool because he felt like how I feel, you know, like he he doesn't always feel that because most people spoke English when he was in the States with me. And every time he'd visit me, you know, it wasn't really like we'd speak Spanish as much except for at my dad's house. So when my grandma came to visit, it was just really cool to kind of have him feel like the odd one out for once. And now he is going to learn Spanish now that he finished his master's degree. 'Cause we hope to go to Chile next year. Um, so it's just really cool to have like these different languages and to have each other learn a language for each other, I guess. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, have
0: us learn a language. yeah. Yeah. I like this idea of like celebrating the little things. Do you have other examples of how what that's looked like for you?
1: Uh, for example, taking the underground, which is something I'm not used to at all. I don't know if you're maybe used to it from where you were living in the States, maybe, but in California, like especially in Orange County, everyone drives. So, and even in LA, there is some of an underground structure and, and Metro and everything. But I guess just here the taking the u was so new for me and I tried it and I got really panicky because it's just so closed in so many people, public transportation in general has been tough for me, even like the bus. So I often try to celebrate just the fact that I got on the bus that I, you know did the commute to get to my language school in Nuremberg but I tried to take the U-Bahn this time instead of the RE or the S-Bahn which is like the overground ones a little bit faster ones I guess that's one example Um, another one is trying to speak German with people and pushing myself or even like meeting new people I guess, at the gym or at a cafe or something like that, just pushing myself instead of only speaking English with them. I I try to speak German with them. And it's really nice because they do appreciate it. Like they're really happy that I that I'm trying to speak their language and that even if I struggle, like I realize that they're not they're not writing down my mistakes. Like It's not like they're my teacher. So why should I be worried about it? In fact, they're Quite impressed that when I say I speak, I'm busy Deutsch, like a little German. They're like, oh, you speak a lot more than that. Like you're good. <laughs> like you're trying. So that's that's a little bit nice when people say that. Yeah. And then I guess just cultural events like um, Berg event that they had, which is kind of like a carnival sort of thing, similar to Oktoberfest. Uh, we went there yesterday, and it was really tough for me because everyone's like drinking so much beer. These mosses, like these giant size beer glasses and and it's just crazy like people are just so happy and drunk and dancing to this music that I'm not used to either (laughs) it kind of reminds me of mariachi music that we have in Mexico which is like I don't know very much like country style I guess and So it was just odd for me to go there but I pushed myself to go there and I tried it and even though it was super crowded and maybe uncomfortable I still tried it and so I guess just celebrating that you're getting out of your comfort zone is is what that phrase sort of means and it helps a lot to think about it and remember it when I'm really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah (laughs) and especially if you've always been struggling with anxiety it might seem like moving abroad would be like too much you know like there's the comfort zone there's the zone in between where you can push yourself but it's okay and then there's that zone beyond where you're like no that's a no-go and I can see how maybe thinking about a move like this might feel like it's that no-go zone but mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome that through these big and little things alike, like you're able to push and, and move around within that zone where you can grow from it yeah do you think it's helpful I like I don't know how to quite phrase this like do you think that being in such a new challenging environment do you think that has been good for your sort of progress with all that or, or um, how is it yeah do you know what I'm trying to ask yeah <laughs> poorly phrased <laughs> yeah well I
1: think it depends on the person like I feel like people think of anxiety as like a one-size-fits-all thing sometimes when they're not familiar with it so it's it's for me, it's been years of just trying to push myself to different things. But I think what doesn't help is when someone's like, you have to do this, or you have to do that to get over your fear, like just get over it. Like all of these different phrases are not helpful to someone who has anxiety. So definitely just doing what you can, what's, enough for you I guess is, is all you can do and and just kind of being like wow I did that like even when I said earlier just going to the store like that's really hard for somebody living in another country especially a country with a different language which i never done I only had lived in Australia for my study abroad which was English so and even there I felt a little uncomfortable with the whole public transportation thing so just kind of pushing yourself to do little things and not pushing yourself too much because it is it is challenging you know it that that was basically my example with with yesterday like I I realized that it was gonna be too much if I stayed any longer, because I noticed how crowded it was getting, and I was like, okay, I really would like to just go home now because I can't. I'm not in this mood of like just drinking so much and getting to that level of what what these people were doing, because it's it's just different. It's something I'd never seen before, and you just gotta. Experience it to know what you can handle. So try like a little bit and then if it's too much, like you just know that you you have support, I guess, and have your support system ready. Like I talked to my mom last night after that whole thing happened because I got so overwhelmed and it just helps to have like your network there if they're available or somebody in that country where you're at, friends, family, whatever you can find. So things like that. Yeah. Just have like a structure ready,
0: I guess, and, and try to challenge yourself, but not too much. Yeah, I think I've gotten a much better read on my own levels. Like I can tell much better if my cup runneth over, as they say, if I'm like, you know what, I can't fit anything more in right now. And also I've learned when I thought that my my cup runneth over and it didn't. <laughs> I learned when I thought that I was at my maximum, but actually I did have something more in me. And I think that's really yeah. nice, too, because if there were so many ways I didn't even realize I was limiting myself until I didn't have a choice but to push through. I think it's funny with the language thing, though, because I remember I took classes at the Goethe Institute in the States, and they're international mm-hmm. and they're supposed to have standards that are consistent. And so I left at also B1 level. And I got here, lived here for like six months, and I knew I made a ton of progress in that time. Then I took a language course evaluation to figure out where I should be starting for my courses here. And they were like, oh, B1. And I was like, huh, what? Didn't I Didn't I progress more? Then I got into the class, the B1 class, and I was like, oh my God, American B1 is not German B1. Like, oh, wow. It's <laughs> exactly what you said. Like... No one's speaking in English because the people in the room are not all Americans. You you teach a language differently based on the language the person's learning from. And in courses here in Germany, people are coming from all over, so they can't really do that as individualized. And it Mm. took a while. I I was also beating myself up about it at the beginning. I was like, oh my God, I did all this work and I didn't actually get anywhere. And it took me a while to be like, oh wait, no, I did. It's just, it's different here.
1: (laughs) It's those experiences that help you, I guess, when you have to take the next course, because you're like, okay, now I know what to expect a little more, because I don't have to beat myself up for feeling new or feeling like completely overwhelmed. Yeah. So at least, you know, having done it, you're like, okay, I'm prepared for feeling again at my lowest with my language skills. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've gotten way better at admitting when I'm wrong, because I've had to, because I'm wrong so much.
1: Yeah. I'm the same as you. So I totally get it. Yeah. I'm totally perfectionist and I'm used to being like the best student or trying to be just, you know, like Hermione and Harry Potter. Yes, like,
0: my just, girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I thought that was me and I was like completely ready to slay this German course, and then did not have it. Like, I, I had to get used to being wrong. Yeah, I guess that's another lesson you learn as an expat, just get used to making mistakes and yeah. try to just accept it and not let it linger in your head.
0: <laughs> another thing we've we've chatted about is wellness and fitness and how they fit together because this whole all of these mental exercises that your mind's going through um it doesn't just stop there so do you want to tell us a little bit, little bit about what it's been like for you in terms of like fitness and nutrition and how this all fits together <laughs> it's very funny coming from california where it's like
1: vegan heaven and everything organic and they do have a lot of you know the bio thing like that's organic in Germany they have a lot of that here but it's just so different when you, you're you when you're seeing like almond milk is super expensive for example like almonds like all these things that I'm used to in California and um, even the produce some of the things that I love that are um, from Mexico that were always there in my stores are not here like you know even tortillas I can't find any that are. I mean I found like flour tortillas but corn tortillas are kind of what I love and they don't you have to like order whatever you want, like hot sauce, for example, that's Mexican. It's very hard to find. So adjusting to the food was really difficult. And also the fact that there – I think there's a lot more um, dairy and meat consumption and obviously alcohol with the beer mm-hmm. out here in Germany versus in California – so because California, I feel like has transitioned a lot more to, you know, having vegan stuff. It's It's a big trend. And so that was sort of difficult because we only drink almond milk in my house. So just finding that, for example, was really tough. Like, Wow. I found it, but it's so expensive. It's, it's so hard. And so even just with that, like on the food side of things, and then on the gym side of things, I was going to an all-women's gym right around the corner from my house, like two-minute drive, and I could even walk there if I wanted to. And then just coming here, having to even like ask people things, I just completely shut, shut myself off. I was like, I'm not going to try to ask anything. I, I don't know if I speak enough German. And I even used some machines wrong and had people try to talk to me in German, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up like I don't know okay I'll move I don't know I just leave like, just walk away. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah it's hard to, to adjust to that too like just being in a gym with men again and also like um I don't know just the weather kind of affected that too like I, I used to like going outside going for a swim we had a pool at my house in California so you know having such harsh winters here where you, fortunately in Hanover the gym was a five minute walk but here you have to walk at least 10-15 minutes and it's kind of annoying because of winter you don't even want to go to the gym so I found myself doing a lot more yoga here in the house and and then diet just trying to see Um, I like to do some diet plans like just for fitness and stuff I've been trying around playing around with those lately and um, just finding some of the stuff like uh, I guess like squash spaghetti squash like I've, I haven't found any of those here so yeah. they're just stuff that we're used to having in the U.S. that are on my plan that I
0: can't find and it's it's really a bummer. I've also had a hard time with trying to meal plan and meal prep because refrigerators tend to be mini fridges here. Oh my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we really wanted to start meal prepping Sundays so that you can just grab lunches every day from home and not have to spend money on something. But we kind of had to give it up because in a mini fridge, we can barely fit the produce and meat that we buy for ourselves. And there's just not space for Tupperware. Yeah, we've
1: tried that, too, and especially with summer now. Like In winter, it was fine because we basically have a fridge out on our balcony, so we just <laughs> put everything out there. True. Yeah, it was totally fine. We could just leave food out there, and that's something super funny for me because I'm from California, and like where it's super hot, and uh-huh. just... I'm so used to being like paranoid all the time about things going bad so my boyfriend laughs at me like every day because I'm like don't leave that out it's gonna go bad don't leave it out and he's like yeah it's fine even in summer he's like it's fine it's not that hot here it's okay and it's inside but I get super paranoid and we're we're in the process of actually buying another fridge because ours is so small just like we need two of these mini fridges and and yeah, it's just been, it's been an adjustment too, trying to figure out where to put all our food and trying to meal prep somehow.
0: On the plus side of things, for me at least, that's forced me to go to the grocery store more. Our kitchen is also just too small to fit that much of dried goods or those less healthy items that stay good for forever. So we mm-hmm. have to buy fresh and we have to keep going to the store two or three times a week. Just out of how the the homes are structured here, which is good because then you're getting fresher, healthier goods with less preservatives. Um, So Mm -hmm. in that sense, I really like it, but also there is this practical side that's like, well, also it would be really healthy and productive to be able to store some food ever. (laughs) Yeah, ours
1: is a little. Ours is a decent size, but we definitely have tried to avoid that too, like buying these, buying stuff that has more preservatives in it. And I guess in California, that's something we're a little luckier that we don't have as many things with like that. But I guess it's also like here, things go bad so much faster. I've noticed, like bread, we don't even really buy bread because it goes bad so fast. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even though bread's a huge staple, like that's another thing that took a lot of getting used to because, you know, for, especially for women's diets are like, carbs are bad. You can't eat bread. Like Mm -hmm. don't get bread. And, and here it's like, Germany is bread. Like they love their bread. They have bakeries on every corner and it's so good. Like a pretzel. That's one of the things I love about being in Bavaria because the pretzels, the food, it's so
0: good, but it's not so healthy. So getting used to that has been a challenge. I also was confused because I think of bread, if you're going to buy bread, you buy a loaf of bread, like a large quantity. And I was like, why do people only buy rolls all the time? And I think the more I've lived here, the more I'm like, oh wait, it's probably because As I've learned when I buy loaves of bread, exactly what we said, they go moldy before you can eat them. Whereas if you buy rolls, you can buy exactly as many as you need and then theoretically eat them in time. But I also, yeah, basically cut bread out of my diet in terms of like normal daily bread like if I get something it's like a sort of special treat or I'm on the go it's just like oh, I'm in the city let me grab lunch I'll just grab a sandwich that kind of a thing
1: yeah it's a lot easier to just grab a pretzel here at yeah. the station when you're just starving like when you take the wrong train like I did yeah time. and uh, I was expecting
0: to eat lunch at home and <laughs> the wrong
1: train nope. ended up on the other side of town and Just I was like I don't care I'm gonna grab a pretzel now yeah. I deserve a butter pretzel now
0: yeah I do that a lot too Omen and I do so much like I've I've just got through this like cultural or language barrier experience I will reward myself with ice cream and bakery items <laughs> Oh yeah, for super sure. healthy, You got to reward healthy. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get through the
1: expat life. It's basically. true. <laughs> I actually had a, a really funny cultural experience. I went to the teak, like the pharmacy, and I basically was expecting it to be like CVS or Walgreens, like they are in America. And I was like, okay, I just, I don't, I forgot what I needed. I think it was just like cough drops or something or something like very simple or maybe even painkillers and I I thought I'd just grab it you know off the walls and and I had no idea that I was like just going in it was my first time and I was just keeping to myself and arms to my side like okay I'm just gonna grab it and buy it and run like I normally do but the women women were there at, at the counter just like hey like you know can we help you and I was like uh, I'm just looking for this thing. And they were like, Oh, we'll get it for you. And they type something in and then it just comes down this tube and it's there. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I I don't have to grab it myself. It was so crazy because I was thinking how how must have, how must my boyfriend have felt in California like going to Walgreens or CVS where there's literally clothes, alcohol, groceries. Like, yeah, you just get get everything yourself. Like you don't talk
0: to the pharmacist really, and so it was no. such a crazy experience for me. Those things too, where you don't you're not anticipating that it will be an experience. You think you're just gonna go grab some painkillers. No, it's like turns into this giant thing, and you're like, I was not prepared.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, I did not prepare for a conversation today. Like, I just wanted to say, I'm paying. Thank you. Bye. That's it. (laughs) That's what I'm used to. But it turned into, like, explaining what the heck I wanted and feeling weird. Because, yeah, it is definitely different. They're really nice. And it's cool because, you know, they know what they're doing. And some of them especially really studied this. So it's kind of nice. They can give you advice on whatever you're getting. But it's it's definitely, it's definitely different because yeah. I was expecting to see, like, the things in there, I guess, or
0: more aisles. There was no aisles. It's just a room. <laughs> I had the problem, yeah. too. Like, I was thinking of something like a drugstore, like a CVS or a Walgreens, when I first moved here, and we needed a drying rack for our clothes because there's not clothing dryers here, really. I can't tell you mm-hmm. how many stores I went to looking for this because I was like, it's... I. I don't know. I just would assume a CVS would have something like that or a Walmart or, and I'm going through this list of places I might go to and like none of them exist here. So I just kept yes. going to like, I went to a pharmacy. I went to, it's more of like an apotheca is more like, yeah, I guess more like a pharmacy with drugs. And then there's places like Mula or DM that are like a pharmacy, but just the parts of I makeup know. too, like yeah. makeup and everything. Yeah. Makeup <laughs> and shampoo and like random little things like that. But I, yeah, nowhere.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I had a problem with when I first lived in Germany in Hanover. I was It was Christmas, so I was like, of course, I have to go get bags and paper, like, tissue paper. No, it's not a thing <laughs> here nope. for some reason. I was like, where is the tissue paper for the thing? Like, not for your nose, just tissue for stuffing the gifts with, you know? And I couldn't find it anywhere. I was like, I'm done. I'm just stapling this thing shut. I don't care. I like, Who cares? And I started to realize that there's things that we use so, like, just unnecessary things that we americans put into everything like food but also like gifts like just extra so much stuff and i feel like it's a lot more sustainable in germany i mean maybe not the best but it still is because we waste so much paper and extra packaging in, in, in the u.s
0: it's pretty sad <laughs> yeah all right with that we're gonna round the corner and head to home with our ending segment which is called zack 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 so it's a rapid-fire question round. I'm gonna ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. You ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite snack to get in a beer garden? Oh, right
1: here in, in Bavaria, it's Obststau with with a pretzel so yeah. I don't know
0: if you want me to explain obat stuff but that's probably how do you it's like chi mayonnaise cheesy it's almost
1: like brie cheese like you know french cheese the really squishy one it's kind of like that mixed with butter mixed with paprika seasoning like a bunch of stuff it's so good it's so, <laughs> it's good. so
0: good what is your favorite German word I guess is it butterfly Schmetterling. I, I think that's so cute I love that word <laughs> Finally, what is one travel tip that you have for someone who is visiting Nuremberg? I would definitely say try as much food as
1: you can because I think in Bavaria they have some of the best food I've ever had in Germany. So just go try all the traditional food. If you're a vegetarian, it's a little harder, vegan, but I would say there's a lot of options. There's always some substitutes. So just the food. I love food. <laughs>
0: me too very good answer <laughs> so those were your zax 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 and that is our episode so for anyone that wants to find you where can we send them
1: you can find me on instagram it is um my name the first three letters so it's g y o and then my last name monreal like montreal without the t so just <laughs> all one word
0: Monreal, on instagram and we'll link to that in the show notes thanks so much for coming on the show it was a lot of fun to talk yes thank you Thanks again to Gio for coming on the show. And thank you to you guys for listening to this week's episode. Reminder to reach out to Gio if you're also in the area and on the Friends Market. And also just a little encouragement to anyone out there who's struggling with the same thing. Yeah, try my strategy. It worked really well for me. Just put it out there. You're on the Friends Market. Thanks as always to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and to Amy Lungi Art, the logo. Thanks to Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side, and you can also find us on Instagram at the expat cast. We're also on Twitter at The Expat Cast, and you can email us at theexpatcast at gmail.com. Please, if you liked this and other episodes, do rate and review the show and share it around with your friends. Next week, we will be back in your feeds with a conversation about how to be there for the people you love, even when you're very far away. Until then, have a wonderful week.